You're listening to the Acceptably Real podcast with Joe and Jerry on Anchor.fm, where the weird, the wild, and the unknown are fair play. Enjoy the show. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Joe. What's up? How's it going, man? Um, it's it's going pretty good. I I um I am drinking a cup of Deathwish coffee. Who are not Ooh, sponsoring that's us? That's the kind of coffee with super caffeine, right? It is. Like, I I had the afternoon sleepies, and so I thought, oh well, Joe wants to record. I better I better wire myself up a bit. So here I am. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I hope it worked. Um, and I hope it you're is. actually interested in what we're going to talk about tonight. Oh hell um, yeah! But so but I do we, have I I do have something I want to tell you. I bought a new okay. device, and it has a nose. <laughs> you bought a device and it has a nose. What? It has a nose. Um, it's you can't buy been, people, Jerry. You cannot buy people. I guess you could buy animals. They have noses. Like pets. Well, I'm I'm wondering if this is alien technology. Um, he kind of looks it. So, um, I, ever since the whole COVID thing started and I've been working from home, I initially had a, a scare and everyone, and the doctor and I thought maybe I had it because I was suddenly having all these breathing problems. Well, as it turned out, I turned, I was, it was negative and we finally realized, okay, these are allergies and you're getting, um, you're getting asthma for the first time in 30 years. And so finally, I, 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 I've been controlling the medicine, but finally I broke down and plunked a bunch of money on a Dyson, uh, air filter fan portal looking thing. And I swear it looks like a robot with a circular head going back and forth. And in the back of it, it has an electronic nose and it's always sniffing the air. And you could set it on automatic so that when, when it doesn't smell anything that it thinks it needs to clean from the air, it just kind of shuts itself down and just sits there. But the moment you fart, (laughs) (laughs) not literally, but I mean, the moment it detects something that it thinks shouldn't be there, it just springs to life. So that, I just thought that was funny. We, I have a, I have a new device that, that is also Alexa powered that has an electronic nose. So now, now Alexa could smell me. (laughs) Well, you're definitely not afraid of the government. I have the ability to smell. It's a blessing and a curse. (laughs) That's what I just tricked. She wants to be part of the conversation. So we're going to talk about aliens. Yeah. And this is something we've talked about before, isn't it? Um, It has. Previously. But. But new things have come to light. Um, yeah. Dude, enlighten me, because well, I'm a week behind. Okay. Well, uh, as you all might or may not know, this year the government has released a few different videos of unidentified aerial phenomena, which is the new the new UFO, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And. They're pretty cool in that they're actually recorded from U.S. uh, Air Force or Navy. So they're military recordings. 
And so yep. you have these people who were on these training flights and they've been seeing these things, which I've been seeing, I guess, for years and years and years. But quickly, the story goes is that these these pilots and you probably if you have it, check it out on YouTube. The videos are all over uh, these these pilots and these you know, one of the top elite jet squadrons were flying off an aircraft carrier and they were doing just a routine kind of a flight uh, over the Atlantic, off the coast of California, um, kind of between... Mexico well, that would be the Pacific. Sorry. Yes, the Pacific. Sorry, guys. I failed geography. I did it. I did it. <laughs> the only reason I know is I used to live on that ocean. <laughs> so anyway, this, go ahead. This is true. Um, so they were off the coast of Mexico, California, when they were just doing a routine kind of training flight uh, when their radar technicians had uh, radioed in, they were seeing these blips. And this is something they were seeing for, you know, quite a while. Uh, and they were like, wow, we don't know what these are. Um, they, and these, these pilots had no idea what they were going to see. They thought they were going to see some, you know, enemy, you know, fighters. Uh, or seagulls. <laughs> or seagulls or something that, yeah. you know, that would trigger their... I would imagine that their radar... Albatross. Kind of, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. But they're like, oh, okay. So they're, they're coming in hot, and uh, they, they take off and divert to this other course where these objects on the radar were. What happens is they get there, and they see this object flying above the water at a crazy speed. Um, so they're high above, and these object, this one object, I guess, is, is below. They also see something actually in the water that looks to them like kind of like a semi-sunk-in 747, kind of the shape of a cross. Uh, looks like it's either sinking or it's just sitting there. Maybe it's a submarine or type thing. So they're like, what the hell is this? You know, there. And so, you know, there's, I think maybe two planes. So in each plane, there's two, you know, pilot and then weapons. I don't want to call them a gunner, but the weapons technician. <laughs> they're asking each other, are you guys seeing what I'm seeing? So they're like, yeah. And so one plane, they're like, wow, you know, this is something we, this might be a rescue thing. We don't know what's going on. And that's when they spot this, this white tick shaped object flying across over the ocean at a crazy speed going against the wind at around 120 knots right and so this is this is the footage that's been released by the pentagon because they're trying to figure out okay we don't know what this is they've been seeing this pilots have seen these things before uh on both sides of you know the western side with the pacific and eastern yeah, Atlantic, and uh, they want to figure out what it is. So, you know, the the head commander of the squadron took off after it, and he was trying to get so close, and he's actually the one taking the footage. Yeah, and it was it was taken from his like the gunnery, the what he would use to target missiles with, right? Yeah, so he's he's locked onto it, right? Yeah. So you already know this part. But out of this whole thing, you know, it was found out that there was this uh, program at the Pentagon called ATIP, yeah. which used to exist uh, to investigate these sightings, UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomenon, UFOs. And they have since been disbanded 
Uh, two days ago, however, the Pentagon announced that they were opening up a new task force, which, which is awesome. The cool thing about all of this stuff is the new argument. I'm going to say new argument. It's probably not so new. Uh, the reason why they should investigate. Have you heard what this argument might be? No, but I, I do know that they presented something to some members of Congress and they were freaked out. Right. Well, and that's kind of that kind of exactly has to do with their argument they're presenting, because they're essentially saying, OK, guys, we don't think these are aliens. We don't know. We're not saying they are. But you have these objects, which are way above our technology that we know of. Um, and we don't have anything to stop them. Right. They could be Chinese. They could be Russian, some other foreign countries technology. And that's scary, right? That's scary because it's way more advanced than we are. And we need to get to the bottom of this. We, we hopefully want to find out that they're not, you know, Russian or Chinese or Korean, God forbid. Um, North Korean. They are. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's what got the Senate committee, the Intelligence Committee, kind of freaked out about it and let the Pentagon to open up a new task force. So that's crazy. So so it had nothing to do. They didn't admit to like having crashed UFOs in a you know locker somewhere. Well, that's another thing. They also they also said uh, this isn't verbatim, but they said something along the lines of we have recovered crafts that are not of this world. Ha ha ha, there's a smoking gun right there. Yeah. Um so that's something else that was just insane to me. And it's like, you know, the government project, Project Blue Book, uh, for those of you who are interested in this kind of thing, was a program that was essentially set up to say these are weather balloons or swamp gas, trying to calm the public down. But uh, no, right now they're just doing kind of a whole 180 and we're like, yep, these things are here. Uh, you don't know. To, to which I'm kind of skeptical about, to be honest with you, because I'm like, all right, man, some of you might be, you know, maybe you're telling the truth, but then there's kind of other parts of the government who I'm hoping for our country's security's sake that we do have way more advanced stuff than the current jet fighters out there. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, well, I'll- I just go ahead. Well, I, I'm just wondering, and this is something I touched on when we mentioned this briefly before. I'm wondering if this is just smoke and mirrors to distract us from like uh, other political events that are happening right now. But uh, I have to say, if if that is the case, it's not working. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, what is his name? Uh, Kanye West is doing a better job distracting people from <laughs> from. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> well, he's probably so, an alien himself, man. That's well, that's that's another question I was going to. Do you do you think so? If if they are aliens, I I know we kind of covered this before, but we we should cover <laughs> it again with this new knowledge. Do you think? I mean, if there really are space aliens who are studying Earth, how likely do you think that they're actually among us? Well. You, you can, you know, you can believe what you want, and I would try to be as, as skeptical as, as possible, but there's uh, a video of a ex-Canadian 
intelligence minister who came out several years back essentially saying, yeah, we have UFOs. Yeah, there are aliens. There are several different species. And one of the more pronounced ones are the tall whites, we call them, who are in society today. Um, (laughs) And, you know, believe what you want, you know, who knows? Maybe he's gotten a little loco. Uh, Maybe not. Um, And and there are so many, so many different things out there. I definitely think that our government's hiding more than they're letting on. Yeah, this is good stuff that they're releasing these videos, right? But it's... I don't know. I mean, I posted something on our our Exceptively Real podcast Facebook page um, yesterday, I, and it shows that. Did you take a look at it? Yeah. You can hear me. I can hear you. Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. We just lost power. Hey, everybody! Uh, aliens or something were listening into us, and they shut my power off <laughs> right in the middle of the podcast. Wow. wow. <laughs> Um, I don't know. What do you think? You think that's well, actually Joe and I were joking about that. We're like texting back and forth while I was waiting for the power to come on. Uh, right before we started recording, uh, I had seen like five big power company trucks drive slowly past stop right in front of my house and then keep going. And I was already nervous and I, I was kind of expecting something was going to happen, but you would have thought that they would have given me some sort of warning. Hey, we're going to turn everybody's power off right at dinner time when everybody's cooking, you know? Yeah. Uh, too bad. Their pizzas. Well, the power came back on shortly after it wasn't that long to ruin their food, I no. guess, but it could have been worse. Well, I mean, I mean, imagine if you're right in the middle of cooking it and suddenly the microwave has no power or whatever, you know? So, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, but that's better than the 15 hours I spent without power after that monster storm went through. There's there's another thing we could talk about in another episode is our changing weather. Uh, there's a huge heat wave in California right now and rolling power outages because of the electric grid can't keep up with everybody's air conditioners. Well, where you used to live in California, were you ever used to? you know, wildfires and whatnot. We, uh, where my mom lived up in the Hills, we were always worried about her up there and some would come Uh close, but never, you know, but after she was, she passed away and everything like about five years later. Yeah. The whole area got burned down. So it's kind of lucky. Well, I don't know if that's lucky, but it's a good thing. She wasn't there then. I'll just put it that way. (laughs) Uh, but yeah. where we live down in Stockton, um, which is like right in the center of that Gripping Valley, there wasn't much of that kind of danger. We did have some power outages, but nothing like what they're having right now. Yeah, that's wild. Speaking of power outages, too, that kind of leaves us, you know, leads us back into the conversation because of like EMPs. Yeah, I, all the crazy. Tech. I don't even remember where we were when we were talking. <laughs> we, it's okay. I, I okay. I, I think maybe you cut out when I was talking about it. Um, well, actually, I got everything you were saying, but I didn't know okay. if you could hear me because we, a battery backup was saving it all. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So on our Facebook page, for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, please like us at Acceptably Real Podcast. I posted a link 
um, to a really interesting article I found about this, how the CIA built a nuclear bird drone oh, yeah. to spy on communists back in the Cold War. Take a look at this thing. It looks so cool. Um, I would, I think at one point in my life, I would have said it would look creepy, but it looks so cool. It looks like an alien by itself. Oh, I think um, I was reading, I was reading the article after you posted it. It didn't, I don't think it actually flew. Well, it was just in development, wasn't it? Or am I wrong? It was a project. I'm sure it flew. I mean, they had other stuff that flew. Like it was, um, it maybe, maybe it didn't fly into, you know, the, un, the bad areas that we're not supposed to be in, but they actually did fly. I mean, it was just a, it was a remote control plane, essentially. Yeah, nuclear um, powered. Can you imagine like a little tiny nuclear generator inside of a bird sized drone? Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, back then, of course, I don't know when exactly that was. I, you know, I'm freaking 31, man. <laughs> I wasn't even around for the Cold War. But, I was. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I'm serious, though. Like, back then in the, what, 50s? Was it maybe the 60s? Like, they had, like, atomic everything. They wanted everything. They thought the future was atomic. Yeah. Like, it makes, it makes me think of the retro future with, like, you know, ray guns and Atomic plants. Yeah. Right. Um, atomic guns. Like that, so. Atomic boats, yeah. atomic PT boats, atomic cars. They thought everything was just all going to be atomic. And then, then everybody started to get radiation sickness and they went, well, maybe this isn't a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, there's still people who have uh, these collectible uh, radium glass glassware. You've seen that, that, that glowed in the dark all by itself. Because oh, really? it's radioactive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'd want one of those in my house. Yeah. But you know what? Um, so like, you know, your power outage, EMPs. Uh, I know that there was this gentleman, Peter Pry, who was one of our experts, United States experts on EMPs or electromagnetic pulse weapons. Yeah. Um, they are actually warning as of June that China was likely planning an EMP attack on the United States in case something went awry. Ooh. You know, this whole, this whole COVID-19 pandemic really got us um, in the thick of it. I mean, in terms of exposing how, you know, I'm not, I'm going to say defenseless we are in this kind of time, you know, um, all it takes, I guess, is biological warfare. Right? I know. And then EMP without power. Can you imagine not just being at home, but being at home without power. I just experienced 15 hours without power and I don't want to go back to that. <laughs> I sleep with a yeah, CPAP. Yeah. I cannot sleep without power. It's, it was hell. So. Yeah, that's, I'm sorry you had to go through that. And I'm, you know, and we'll touch base. I know you said you went through 15 hours of it. And I know a lot of people in back in Iowa who went through that horrible storm. Yeah. Some some were out power even today. Yep. I was seeing seven days, I, six seven days after. I think that's why I, you know, my what? power went out. They're still trying to fix some things in the neighborhood, and they probably had. I am guessing they had to shut everybody's power down to change out a um, transformer. So yeah, because I could I could see him a block away working. So well, that's I mean at least maybe other people have power now. I guess so that's we would good, hope so. But I don't want to think about a time where we, we would be without, 
you know, power, we rely on it so much, not just power, the internet, you know, and if we don't have the internet, then we're dum-dums. Well, and a problem, one of the real problems that we're facing is that our system is not hardened and there are threats much bigger than the Chinese pointing some big magnet at us or whatever they plan on doing. Uh, one good uh, uh, solar uh, mass ejection could wipe out everything and we'd have to rebuild. It would like literally knock us almost back to the Stone Age or back to the- We're talking about solar. solar yeah. Right? Big corona mass ejection, yeah. bang, everything goes down. All our satellites are gone. No more GPS. The internet is gone. The power grid is destroyed. Uh, uh, all your all your electronics won't work. Uh, the cars that are the only cars that would run would be the ones old enough to have an actual alternator. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> all the other cars dead. Um, and 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 that's and that's the least thing we have to worry about if that happens because of a really bad one hits us, it could wipe out life on half of the planet in, a, in minutes, <laughs> Which, oh, yeah. and then, and then, uh, cover the rest of the globe in smoke from all the fires. Uh, well, yeah. welcome to happy True. talk with Joe and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're not trying to lead us down a bad path, but it's it's surreal to think about because it's true and it could happen. I know. Not that we want it to, but it's something that we have to think about. Uh, we've been lucky enough to live um, on this planet without crazy shit from the sun happening to us. Um, you know, I mean, in my 31 years here, time really is irrelevant to something like a star nearby, but... You know, we've been really lucky that it hasn't happened. We've been really lucky that asteroids, you know, huge city-sized asteroids haven't hit us when, you know, we've been alive. It will happen, though. You know? Yeah, time. Oh, it's only time. Yeah. So, solar flares. Yeah, I remember, ooh, I think 15-ish years ago, maybe. When I was 15, 16, there, were, there was like summer where there were pretty bad solar flares. And we actually did have power loss. Oh yeah, um, the country. I don't know if you remember this, but it was. I think when the news started covering them, and ever since then they've been kind of covered every now and then. But I know that um, recently in Japan, they developed a kind of modeling technique where they can kind of predict when solar flares would occur. Yeah, which is kind of cool. It's called uh, case case sheet. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't I know, know that. Like that. Yeah, it's um. It's not really perfect yet, but it we're like in the times of early models of it. So it'll be kind of interesting to see a point where instead of, you know, tornado watches, tornado warnings, there's solar flare watches, you know? Wow. There's nothing you could do if one comes in. There's nothing you could do. But, stand, but just like put your head in the ground and <laughs> hope for the best. Uh, yeah, that's like, so, I mean, maybe the aliens here's, here's my, I don't think we'll ever get invaded, invaded. They don't have to, they have to just wait. 
<laughs> you know, they just have to wait. I mean, that's what they're doing. Yeah. That's what they're doing. They're just coming down, watching us mm-hmm. and, and seeing, oh, they've they killed each other yet. Can we resource? Can we get either their gold? <laughs> Can we get all their water? Uh, anytime, you know, you know, but that, I, I want to go back to this EMP okay. thing because I want to connect it back to what we're talking gotcha. about. So uh, this guy, uh, Dr. Pry, he He's the our EMP guy, our Dr. Fauci of EMP. <laughs> Good. So he figured out that China has built a network of satellites and these super EMP weapons on their satellites that could melt our own electric grid. Um, and this is way beyond what we evidently can do, or at least what we're told what we can do, right? And so if you think about it in that light, that we know that China has this ability to do this thing so far advanced than what we can do, then it's not unreasonable to think they might have these tic-tac-shaped vehicles, drone maybe, that can fly at crazy, crazy uh, speeds and change directions really quickly, uh, defying our known laws of physics as it is? I don't think so. I, I have a oh, big man. problem uh, believing that because uh, putting up a satellite is one thing and their technology is behind us. And I, I can tell you that our the, the U.S. Air Force, before there was a space force, the <laughs> space force, they've been putting up secret satellites for forever there there's supposedly a moratorium of putting weapons up there but i guarantee you we've got some satellite killers up there so what gets me about when when we're talking especially when we start talking about how those those what are they called now they're not ufos or unmanned aerial phenomenon okay the ufos (laughs) (laughs) The way they change direction like they have absolutely no inertia makes me wonder if there's some sort of projection into our 3D world, if if you, I don't know how else to put it, uh, from outside the 3D world. You know what I mean? That would totally explain that. And I I know this sounds far-fetched, but I mean, so is the fact that they've got record if if these are real and not you know some hoax that the government's playing on us for some reason a a four or six d object traveling through our 3d space and and space is probably six or 12 or 11 dimensions and we only perceive three of them Mm -hmm. so a multi-dimension object running through our space would look like just a little thing where in fact it's just part of a bigger thing like i don't know if you've ever seen that where you you like um if if if, uh there were 2d creatures living on the surface of a table and then you touch a 3d object or you push a 3d object through a table all they would see is something get something appear out of nowhere, get really big and disappear again. Yeah. You bring up a great point. You can, you bring up that we barely know anything. Oh, I know. Right. We only know what we've seen 
in our lives. I, I like that theory. It's interesting to me. Personally, I subscribe to the theory that they're terrestrial. I think that they, maybe not Chinese, but maybe from Atlantis. You know, um, <laughs> I don't believe that. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, listen. One of my favorite one of my favorite ideas is you know you saw the Roswell crash and maybe you saw some news articles about Roswell. Well, if you look it up, I'm not kidding. Um, there's writing on the Roswell craft, right? And the writing of it, um, it's ancient Greek, and it spells the word freedom, right? And isn't I'm pretty sure Plato was from Greece. And so it, I don't know, man, I don't think they, they say these things are going in water down in the ocean. And there have been accounts of that and feel free to look it up. Um, military accounts off the coast of uh, California uh, to expeditions to the North pole. Um, and so who's, who's to say that, you know, we haven't explored all of the ocean depths. So maybe there is some technological advanced, civilization underwater well i know for years when i was growing up there is a belief in california i don't know if it persists but there is a belief in a mythos of a civilization of for for lack of a better term mole people who live under mount shasta mole people yeah it's um not something i subscribe to but but it, it that that kind of thing has been reported on and talked about and for years i, I you know the, the thing is faster than light travel which these aliens would have to do you would think is so hard in our three dimensions it would have to have something to do with more than three dimensions right and that now we're talking about hyperspace, but um, from what I've read, it might actually be easier to travel in time than to travel up faster than light. Or, or we'll put it this way: going faster than the speed of light is actually the speed of time, and or the speed of information. Information cannot go from point A to point B any faster than 300,000 kilometers a a second, which is interesting that it's so exact to our numbering system. So I I suspect it's a little off than that or 186,000 miles per second. Um, So if you, if you could develop something that actually subverts that, and can go faster than, than this universal law. I like to call it God's law. This is one of God's actual laws. Thou shall not travel faster than 186,000 miles per second. Um, th- then time travel is also possible because time and space are, are merged together. Theoretically, if you... F- now I'm not a physicist, so I may be getting this wrong, but theoretically if a particle is traveling faster than the speed of light, it's actually going backwards through time, not forward. So it's like bending space in, in a way, right? It's kind of like, what is that movie that they're, they fold the pieces of paper together and like folds and they stick a needle through it. Oh yeah. That, that would be yeah, hyperspace like, right there or a portal. Yeah. And, 
Yeah, I mean, that's who knows, man. I mean, we're so early in our development of our, you know, of humanity that any anything out there could have, you know, eons of history behind it. Well, I'm sure like so technology beyond our comprehension. Even if we survive another 500 years, I'm absolutely certain that we'll know how to do that stuff. And so that, that, and that, that brings us to the, what is it called? The Fermi paradox, where if there's like, if, why isn't the, the universe teeming with life and signals? And maybe they're, they're afraid that there's some great filter that whenever a uh, civilization hits a certain level of uh, sophistication, they destroy themselves almost across the board because they attain the power that even a single person who makes a mistake or has evil intent can wipe out everything. And we're, we're getting, we're, we're there. <laughs> we're, we're there now with CRISPR. Oh, yeah. and I don't, what do you think about those? Well, we can get on to that, but what do you think about the rumors that these Chinese scientists have actually, you know, edited humans? Their oh, they, well, they've, it's not a rumor. They've claimed that they've done it. Right. Well, they've claimed. That's why I say it's a rumor because they've claimed. Well, uh, it, it's, it's possible to do it. I mean, it's, it's absolutely possible. I mean, you could edit genes. All you have to do is want to do it and have the means to do it. And obviously yeah, just, China's got both. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just skeptical that they successfully have. Oh, that, I don't both. know. I don't know if they have or not, yeah. but, but it's certainly possible. And, but what I'm talking about is it's really easy to edit the genes of a microbe. I mean, they're doing it constantly. That's how they're producing insulin and all sorts of things. And now with CRISPR, for those who, who don't know what CRISPR is, they developed a technology, actually they made a discovery and used it to develop technology to very easily, precisely edit genes or genetic material. They could edit DNA like I edit podcasts, <laughs> you know? And so they could take, well, let's let's take this and put it here and see what it does. The only problem is they haven't mapped everything out yet. So they're still in a phase, and they're going to be doing this for another 50 years, I'm sure, figuring out what each sequence actually does. They know for a fact that certain sequences do certain things. So they're like in baby step territory. But at some point, they're going to figure out what everything does. And when they get to that point, and I've kind of drifted away from what I was talking about, but when they get to that point, they could just create life. They could just create things. And on, you know, like, let's design um, something that does this. And unfortunately, even now, the editing part is so easy that any, any little lab can do it. It's scary. I mean, I've heard uh, podcasts from... Uh, Oh, that science podcast uh, I love in New York so much. I can't remember the name of it. Radio Lab did a whole thing on this. Actually, I think they've done a couple. Um, and <laughs> so 
So if if we could do that now, and any and you know there is there is a theory that I know some people, and I'm not really sure if I buy into it that that this whole COVID thing is is a created organism and uh, a GMO because who knows anymore, you know, there's just so much information out there that's conflicting. And I just, in, until, until Fauci says, yeah, we've confirmed that it's artificial. I'm not going to believe it. You know? <laughs> right. Uh, maybe aliens did it. Who knows? <laughs> because if aliens wanted to get rid of us, it was so easy. You don't have to come down and go blasting away or, or they don't have to do anything but just come down and alter a couple things in a bug and then let it loose and we're all gone. I mean, it would be so easy. Yeah, I I hope. So yeah. if, if there are aliens here and they did intend us harm, that would have already happened. Right. So if there are aliens here, they don't mean us harm. I'm going to put that out there right now. Here's, here's a positive note from Mr. Negative Jerry. <laughs> if they wanted to hurt us, they would have already done it. I think we're being studied. And I think they're maybe trying to help us. You poor Elon Musk has to keep on denying that he's an alien. But who knows? <laughs> he, he's something, man. He's something. He certainly acts like but, an alien sometimes. <laughs> It's def, but it's definitely a good argument to those who don't believe in the existence of aliens, quote unquote, right? That to say that we don't want things out there that are beyond our understanding and that perhaps could be um, things of this earth uh -huh. that we just haven't developed technology for, and that's what got all these senators and uh, you know freaking out because you know they don't want you know us to be so far behind that they want, want these things to be studied. And, you know, we want to see if we can develop anything out of it. If we could, you know, of course we want to be ahead of the game before anybody else. And that would change all things. If we could, if we do have these graphs, as they yeah. say, you know, and maybe they're so far behind from reverse engineering them. Maybe they have gotten nowhere. With them. <laughs> it would be, it would be like ants trying to figure out a microwave oven. Yeah, it it definitely be different, but I do think that we're smarter than ants. You know, maybe in the uh, maybe in the comparison, ants to some super smart beings, for sure. But you well, that's that's smart. what I meant. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. smart, but <laughs> but the if they're if they're doing what we think they do, and they come all this way, they are so much more advanced than we are. That in in uh, uh, Arthur C. Clarke used to say, any technological advancement that is so great like that might as well just be considered magic, because to us it would be. So these creatures are doing magic things, as far as we're concerned. They, you know, I would guess that if they do have a UFO or two sitting there, and they're trying to study it, they can't tell what the it's like there's probably no circuitry or anything to look at. It's all just in the metal itself or whatever. If it's even metal, who knows? 
the the interesting thing, and I'm not sure. Uh, did you ever watch anything about Bob Lazar? Um, the name rings a bell. So Bob Lazar was the guy who came out and pretty much gave way to Area 51. Oh, that's right. You know? That's right. He's the guy. He's the guy who claimed to work at a secret site within Area 51 called S4. Um, and he had claimed that they were working on these little crafts and that the reason that they were flying was because they had this element 115 um, that he had claimed to have taken. There's this whole thing. I don't know if I want to go into the whole thing, but you can look it up. There's on Netflix show about him, Bob Lazar yeah, and UFO. There's, and, um, and the New York Times published a thing saying, hey, maybe we should be taking this guy seriously now. Exactly. And so he had shown that from these crafts, they attain this element. And this was in the 70s, maybe 80s, I think, um, that he had actually taken some home with him. And they had video evidence, uh, which is in somebody's possession right now, uh, that this element had done different things. Now, since then, this element actually has been added to the periodic table of elements. What? Uh, yeah. So... Very what is interesting. It dark not, matter or something? No, it's not. It's it's element one fifteen. Uh, I, you can guys can Google it. I, I'm gonna it. write that down and look it up. So it's it's fascinating because the way that light, when it reflects off this element, it like bends a certain way that it's not supposed no. to. It kind of changes our our understanding of how you know light bends. Um, and they were saying that this craft had an abundance of this element, um, but that they were so far behind of reverse engineering this stuff. They had really no, nothing beyond this thing. Um, so, you know, I take what you want from this guy and maybe, maybe he's, you know, a creep, but it sounds like more and more, uh, it seems to be the case that he was telling the truth. Well, from if, if it's the guy who I think it is. And I was reading the article about it in the in the Times. Um, the the writer pointed out he's made no money from this claim. He just wants to move on. He's never refuted it. It's never been proven wrong. You know, it's like it fires on all cylinders. That the guy is telling the truth, but there's no proof of it. But there there are things that suggest it, like there's something to do with. Um, supposedly if you look in the records, he never existed at this place. And yet he clearly was able to get in cause there's photographs of him in there and things like that. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I was, so growing up, I was a huge, and I still am a huge coast to coast AM fan. I remember that. Uh, remember Art Bell yeah. and his wacky. So today there's George Nori, who's kind of been the main replacement host. On the weekends, it's George Knapp. Now, George Knapp was actually the guy who was an investigator uh, out of Las Vegas who had connected with Bob Lazar. And Bob Lazar took George to this base. And got and him in. Got him in. And, and the, waved and at people. Were, you know, yeah, and yeah, exactly. And they waved him in and they were like, they knew him. And of course, people have gone to discredit him saying, oh, they don't have any record of him working at this base. But okay. I mean, based off all this stuff that he's saying is true, it kind of sounds like maybe somebody wiped all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's very possible that it happens. You know, this is America. America. So, I don't know, man. It's, 
I again, you can get into the thick of it if you want to with all this stuff, but it it's interesting that maybe maybe we we don't have this understanding because they are like super beings to us being ants. But if we can find things like this element one fifteen that that they've used, kind of like you know dark matter and Futurama, you know uh, that they use the the power you know anti gravity and whatnot, right? Yeah. So maybe it's something that they chemically have in their their galaxy that we don't have in ours that gives them the ability to do so. And if well, I we, I don't think I don't think they'd be from another galaxy. That's a long ways away. They're probably just from another star system. So that's that's where I get confused, and you can totally correct me because I probably don't know what okay. I'm saying. But we live in the Milky yeah, Way. The Milky right? Way is, is a galaxy, and that galaxy okay. has got billions of planets. They they and star systems, yeah. right? And the closest other one, well, actually, we have some satellite ones, the Clouds of Magellan, and then there's another one called Andromeda, which is an even bigger galaxy. But you're talking about coming from another galaxy. You're talking about, I mean. Coming, going from one star to another, or even one side of the the galaxy to another, is like a hundred thousand light years. You're talking about going to another galaxy. Now you're talking about millions or billions of light years. So, so they're from this galaxy. <laughs> I'm putting unless 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 there's some way to just jump right through. Like uh, the two pieces of paper in a portal, and no distance at all is a problem. They're from this galaxy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you, yeah, you know more about that stuff than I do. I took I took um, astronomy in high school, and we had those. We had a planetarium in our school, which was pretty oh cool, yeah big bubble, and uh, but they had really comfy chairs, and I had it <laughs> eight a.m. in the morning. You so slept through it. <laughs> I, I kind of slept through some of them for sure. <laughs> But it was awesome. What an awesome course. Um, so, but again, okay. So different star system, maybe, yeah. right? They have different chemical makeup over there that we haven't been able to. Well, yeah, there, there are different stars with different makeups. Uh, we could pretty much see what they're made of just through looking at the spectrometer, you know, images. But there is no way to know without actually taking a sample of something if there's something out there that we don't know about, and I'm sure I am absolutely sure that we have like a, a tip of the iceberg knowledge of what kind of materials are actually out there somewhere, you know? So just because on this little blue speck that we have, we don't even know what's on Mars. Really, we've never brought anything back. The moon, we've brought stuff back, but we know the moon is partially made out of the earth because it was material blown off the earth when there was a big impact. I don't know how many billion years ago. So the earth and the moon are, are twinsies. Mars is something else. And then you've got the other planets, which are really something else. And then you've got comets and asteroids. Who knows? And then planets around another star? Who knows what elements are on those that formed through some means that we have no idea because we've never experienced it in our little tiny speck of blue in the vast ocean of space. Well, you can tell I had my caffeine. That's all good. <laughs> yeah, man, this all fascinating. Billions and billions of years. Anyway. 
but yeah, no, I mean, again, could have found this stuff and maybe we can one day utilize it. And if we can somehow synthesize it and maybe they have, I don't know. Um, maybe we can use it to our advantage one day, maybe not in our lifetimes, but in another lifetime, you know, I hope that there are futures of, uh, generations of, of humans after I'm gone. You know, here's, here's the thing. Um, the aliens would have access to no doubt if they're star creatures. Without a doubt, there are anti-gravity material out there that react mm-hmm. differently. And, and we'll never find it here because if it was here, it would have been ejected into space long ago because Earth would have repelled it, right? So we have no samples of this material. However, you look at the universe and you can see that it is not only expanding, but it is accelerating and it's expanding. So something's pushing everything apart. So there is a force or a material or a force from a material out there that is an anti-gravity force. And, and there is possibly something called negative matter. Now, if you take a ball of negative matter and a ball of positive matter and put them next to each other in space, one attracts the other while the other one pulls away from the other. And so they will accelerate with with no effort or energy whatsoever away from each other, or no, no, in one direction, one going away from the other one, the other one trailing behind, they will just accelerate to the speed of light just almost instantly because it's just like, there's, there's, there's no actual real propulsion happening. It's just, it's just like warping space and riding the wave so, obviously, well, obviously, theory, theoretic, the, the, I haven't been drinking. It's all the caffeine. Theoretically, it would be uh, logical for a super advanced alien spaceship, starship, to have these materials and capabilities, I would say. I mean, in, in the science fiction that I used to write back in the, in the pulp fiction days, um, that's, that was my go-to piece of science fiction furniture was negative matter. Cause you have a positive and negative, uh, matter inside of an engine that doesn't have to spew anything. All you have to do is, is somehow, um, uh, limit or throttle the um, the reaction between the two. And that's the only thing you'd have to control. And if you opened it up wide, it would just go. It would just go with no propulsion, no reaction, no fuel. It would just, just go. <laughs> so that's, that's the way, I mean, and... I want some. I I, I think it'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, man. The world is a weird, wild, wild place. The universe is a weird, wild place, too. Yeah. So, aliens. In 2020, acceptably real? Could be. Or at least stuff exists that we don't know. Well... They're, they're starting to say, yeah, they're real. I'm still a little skeptical. 
But then again, I, I fully believe there are alien civilizations. I just don't really want to commit to say they have been here or are here because because the because traveling between stars is amazingly hard as far as we know it might be easy for them who knows it might be star trek to them probably anything else you want to touch upon it seems we've wound down i think yeah i think we've covered it I, i feel we go down the rabbit hole again which we could save the end information for other episodes that's true so, so what do you want to cover next time? I know you posted a picture of an interesting looking man standing on a roof. I did. That, that was just a creepy picture. Oh, I was going to say that that would have been me as a teenager. <laughs> you on a roof scaring some neighbors? I was doing that all the time. I wasn't intentionally scaring neighbors. I would just get up on the roof to watch stars because I was bored. Well, let's let's uh, talk about hmm, let's talk about Solar Warden next time. Let's talk about the great Nassau hack. Okay. And uh, the the guy from the UK, Gary McKinnon, who had hacked Nassau, one of the greatest military hacks of of our lifetime. Um, and how little you've heard about it, maybe, and how little our listeners have heard about I it. I haven't hardly. Uh, I only heard about you mentioning it. Yeah, and uh, but this guy's a real dude, and he uh, the UK government had fought extradition so he's denied extradition rather um and so he's not being you know punished for it because they have their reasons mm-hmm. right so interesting stuff um and i hope to fill everybody in next time all right well let's uh let's say uh, our goodbyes to our listeners and thank you for joining us bye bye Thanks for listening to the Acceptably Real podcast with Joe and Jerry. Eager for more? Visit us at acceptablyreal.com or like us on Facebook at Acceptably Real Podcast. Hey, it's Jerry. I am happy to announce that on August 1st, 2020, my latest novel is out. It's another comedy, fantasy, mystery, love story type novel. This one's set right before the pandemic hit. Well, because that's when I wrote it. And the main character is a down-on-his-luck tech entrepreneur who lost almost everything in a bad deal in a lawsuit and decides to reboot his life by opening up a computer repair shop for secret reasons of his own in a small Oregon seacoast town. There he is seduced by a mysterious young witch and, while on a walk along the ocean one morning, he sees something he knows is impossible. And yet, there it is. This leads him into a secret the town has been keeping since the 70s and throws everything he's ever believed about reality right out the window. The book is called 
No Such Thing as Mermaids, and is available now on Amazon.com and soon at most other major online bookstores, both in print and ebook editions. You could also find links to it on my personal website, jerryjdavis.com. Thanks.